Hello, hello. This is Artist with M. I'm your host, M. Persico. Today is our season two roundtable. Yay! We have many guests from season one and season two that are joining us tonight. I hope you enjoy it. I've had the hardest audio time this year with my um, fancy microphone. So I'm using my, my phone microphone because on Zoom, it um, makes this poppy sound with my voice as I speak. But through the just my computer onto my normal recording audio, it doesn't do that. So it's just Zoom. problems Problems. nobody cares (laughs) first world problems Ah, Sarah you heard me okay who wants to go first I can go first (laughs) and then we'll just go in order whatever okay my name is M I use they them pronouns I should probably put it in the thing um I am a musician and clown and a podcast host. Yay. Okay, who is next? Anthony with a cat. I like it. Hi, all. My name is Anthony Hand. My pronouns are he, him, but I'll totally answer she, her. I had to put my kitty down. And uh, I am a software designer by day. I'm also producing an animated feature film called Maxi Luau, Drag Super Shiro. And uh, Maxi is currently in month four of a 26 month production schedule. So uh, we've got our voices in the can, music is next, and we're coming along really well, having a lot of fun with this project and learning a ton along the way. Yay. Okay, next, Eric. Hello, I'm uh, Eric, as you can see over here, down here. Uh, I am, uh, (laughs) it's one of those corners, I'm a single father, Uh, I am a clown, almost a clown teacher, just a little bit away from that, and uh, like amateur magician and author, as I have a new book (gasps) that has just come out called, it's a short story in the book, it's very exciting, but yes, that is me. All right. Andrew Bersiaga. Hey guys, uh, my name is Andrew, well, just said, but uh, my pronouns are he, him, uh, an actor and uh, work in film production here in the Bay Area, California. Um, 21 and just I've been focusing on a lot of auditions, but hopefully you guys are going off on a really good start this year so far. But uh, other than that, yeah, it feels like it's pretty good. Yay. Beer. <laughs> yeah. All right, Karen. Karen Hall. Hello, I'm Karen Hall. She, her. I'm a cellist and teacher and occasional clown comedian. Occasional? It's pretty often, Karen. I guess, yeah, it's pretty often now. <laughs> All right, Cat Migs. Okay, my mute was not coming off, but hey guys, uh, Kat Miggs. Uh, yeah, actress, oh, oh, she, her. Uh, actress, comedian, uh, writer, 
and uh, creator of uh, a coloring book, Make the Cat, that has a whole now launching into products. So it's fun. Yeah. All right, Nicholas Polk. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I used to be an eye surgeon on children, um, but I quit that um, to pursue. Um, yes, I saved hundreds of children. Um, and um, you can check them out. They're all <laughs> new. And um, now I do um, fine art, um, ballet, and um, acrobatics. It's not true. I, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the real one, Nicholas Polk? Um, well, he is dead, but uh, if you were here, he might say he does clown, but I, I don't know. But um, I'm an ex-surgeon that um, does acrobats for, and that's real. Absolutely, 100%. <clears throat> Outrageous. Outrageous. Does mm -hmm. acrobats. Outrageous, Chad has told us. Well, it's real, so. Oh my goodness. All right, Sarah Saavedra. Hello, my name is Sarah Saavedra. My lighting friends call me Eddie, um, and my pronouns are she, they. Uh, Eddie is short for Saavedra. Um, oh! Yes, that's why. Surprise. And I am a theater artist. I do light design and electrician work, but for stage, not for movies. And um, I have gotten back into acting. I actually took my first clown class because I was inspired by M. Yay! It's very fun. I was very, very pleased. Anyway. Okay, Christopher Pedraza. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Christopher Pedraza. Uh, I'm a film photographer and a musician. Um, yeah, hey, hope you're all safe, healthy. Killing it, killing it. Okay, Chad Damiani, Graham Hickory esque. How do you pronounce that? Graham Hickory Esquire. That's a the, Esquire. Uh, okay, Esquire. excuse me. Uh, I am Chad Damiani. I thought I was going to go last. No big deal. Um, People keep know, coming. I, I'm just saying. It just thought it made most sense for me to go. If only I could go last. Chad Damiani. Uh, I him they uh, all good with me. Uh, I am a clown, uh, a teacher, a writer. Uh, we run Clown Zoo at the old zoo at Griffith Park, coming back next week, Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. I'm going a little long because I feel like Karen Hall didn't use any of her time. And so I don't want to throw off the balance of uh, what you were planning, Em. But, uh, but yeah, just uh, also, I consider myself uh, a bit of a mentor to Em. Um, so happy to be Ooh. here with you all. We do baby bone and father bone together. We have a little character act we, we do. dress up together with yeah. beards. Mine, of course, is real. His is fake. Yeah, true. As you can tell from this video. Also, Nick is not a doctor, and he's barely a clown. And I apologize. To <laughs> oh, it hurts. Wow. Well, um, if you need to find a real mentor, someone who can actually teach you clown, I know a few people. I'll talk to Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Okay. okay, Julia Faye. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, so nice to see all y'all. Some old yeah. Hi, um, I'm Julia. I am a um, 
spirit puppeting this human body. And I like to perform and write and make things as well and move around this puppet body. Yay. Adam Bustle. Hi guys, uh, Adam Bustle, he, him. I'm an actor, director, and a producer. And I, uh, I own a production company called Dynamic Creative. And I just started another production company called Dynamic Films. Um, yeah, that's me. In LA. In LA. Most people are in LA, but Andrew's in uh, San Jose and Sarah's in New York. No, sorry. No. Um, San Francisco, excuse me. Okay. Um, Kat Meg, are you back in LA? Yes, yes, back in LA. Okay. And Nicholas Polk is in Chicago? Yep. Yeah. 13 degrees right now. Yeah. Toasty. Lucky. Right, too cold. Too cold. Anthony, where are you again? San Jose. San Jose. New connections. What? Do you like drag? i see some people who've been on the podcast who aren't pictured uh let's see marilyn minio do you want to introduce yourself hi yay marilyn minio what's up i'm marilyn minio um she her i'm a theater performer um Mm. when i'm not you know, feeling like crap. I uh, I try to do burger reviews and get on stage when their Woo-hoo. stage is open. Mm-hmm. I just did a burger review with her. Yes, I'm editing it now. Yeah, trying a burger would... on Instagram. It's so hard because then I kept eating cheeseburgers for like a few weeks straight. I haven't That's how it, it starts. I haven't Uh-oh. kicked the habit. Uh, LA is a bad place. LA's Got plenty of burgers for you. The bad place, guys. <laughs> All right. So anyone else who who um doesn't have their camera, feel free to turn it on and introduce yourselves. Uh, Mia, I think we met in college, and Tiffany, my clown partner, who hates uh, podcasts and will, will probably not enjoy saying hi, but we all love Tiffany, so she probably won't. But anyone who wants to turn their screen on and say hello, you can all join. Or if you're at work, no worries, or whatever. Tiffany, um, hi, mm-hmm. I'm Mia. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm at work, so I can't really turn my stuff on, but that's fine. Uh, I'm a friend of Andrew's. Um, I'm kind of just popping in to say hi. Really Perfect. excited to see what's going to happen here. Um, minor, small background. Don't even know if it's really relevant. Uh, actor, producer. I've had one class in clowning. So I'm very interested to hear what all you guys have to say because that sounds really cool, but it was fun. So yeah, just popping in to listen in and pick your brains on all that. Yay. Does Tiffany want to chat? Dal's coming in. So, yay, Tiffany! Hi. Hi. Tiffany. Hi. Are you in the I'm bathroom? friend, Tiffany, she, her, and I don't hate it here. That wasn't true. <laughs> Where are you? Are you on set somewhere? No, I'm in my kitchen. Ah, the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Tiffany's an actor and, and teaches acting and is very tall and beautiful, just like Karen. <laughs> 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 and all of you of course 
Oh, Adam Bustle keeps needing to be added to the from the waiting room. Dow, we just introduced everyone. Would you like to introduce yourself? You have to unmute yourself. Yeah, totally. Okay, great. You're very severe. Yes, I know. Um, hi, I'm Dow. Uh, sorry, I was a little late. I just got back in LA today, so I'm just wow. All right, say what you are, like a clown and things and whatever. <laughs> Uh, I too am tall. I hear that's important to talk about. Tall? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I'm a clown, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. Comedian, clown. Um, uh, he, him. What else were we talking about? Who knows? Six, six feet tall. So are you? Me too. <laughs> I'm four foot ten for anyone who hasn't met me in person. I you know went. how shocked I was when I met you. You were shocked. I was shocked. I look like a big grown-up sized person. No, it's not even that. I just thought you'd be like my height. I thought we would be like nose to nose and then we weren't. And I was like, watch. Wow. My goodness. All right. Let's get started. Okay. First big question. Anyone can answer. Anyone could ignore it and get a coffee. Um, let's look at it. What does it mean to be an artist? Anyone can do it. Let your creative side just come out. Just share out your art, your, whatever your passions are. Creative side. Okay, who else? Let's talk about it. Discussion. Sorry, what was the question? What does it mean to be an artist? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh gosh. I. I wonder, has anyone, I guess that, that makes me wonder, has anyone ever had a moment of being like, oh, I'm an artist? Or was that always just like obvious to you? Because I don't feel like I ever like chose that. That seemed just like a a, ba a given, even a baby. Like a gift. Yeah. yeah. Like a talent. No, yeah. I, had to, I had to learn that because I'm classically trained and they beat you down first. And then you have to be like, wait, I can do things that aren't classical? So would you, do you think the artistry comes from like twisting away from classical? Is that like a, when I, is that what you mean? Uh, for me, it was when I found that like my emotions were equally valid in my space. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think when I realized I was an artist was, you know, I, I do a lot of different things. I don't think you need to do a lot of different things to be an artist, but um you know when you live by creating you know and when uh it, it it's part of your identity i think um yeah i think that's what it means really to be an artist so but i definitely had i had a light bulb moment you know where i realized oh yeah i'm an artist i'm not just an actor or not just a director like i like to create things in whatever way suits um you know that particular Peace. Take, I'm taking notes just to make sure I know how to be an artist. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I like this theme of like being an artist that was like claiming your claiming. It sounds like the theme is claiming this our space to whatever we feel is appropriate to express ourselves, which is like so lovingly selfish and wonderful. <laughs> you see, uh, now I don't think I know how not to be an artist. Yeah. I've always been one. I'm always creating. If it's, it's not 
writing something, it's doing something creative, writing a play, acting, clowning, whatever. I'm always, I my mind is always going towards a creative thing to do. I think being an artist is doing doing the art to be very simple about it because so many things can be art and there's not one kind of art and I think the point of it is to do you know like it's not just to make and it's not just to like create a moment or create an item or create like an experience it's all of the doing so I think that's a really fun thing is that you may like you are an artist by doing and by being um so that is something that I think about um whether you're making something to view or to be consumed or to be um experienced heard felt um or yeah whether it's temporal or an item or I don't know, anything can be art to me. Just making a thing that's artsy and then it things at people, whatever qualities it has, it's amazing to like, an artist is in the business of doing the art. And that is our, that is our, I forget the word I was gonna use, but that is the point I think is to do. One thing that I always think about, I took a class in college and we spent like a whole semester trying to define art and like what it is. And I took a class like that. Okay. And it, like the whole semester and every time we would be like, oh, well, it's an expression of this. And he, the teacher would be like, oh, well, so then what about this? And he would show us like all these different things. And one thing that I always think about is he asked us like if someone is carrying like paint and they spill it on the sidewalk. And then they like walk away from it and the paint's on the sidewalk and then someone else comes up and like looks at it and they go, oh, this is beautiful art, but the person who spilled the paint doesn't think it's art. Like, is it art? Then, you know, if it is art, then it's like, who decides that? And I just, it, it always like hurts my brain to go like, wait, well, maybe anything, everything could be art, nothing could be art. It, um, I think it's like, there's no way to explain it. That's a really great thing. I actually love that example because for me in that kind of an example, the art is a part of the interaction. Um, so there's someone who made it and then there's someone who's viewing it or consuming it, looking at it. And the person who looks at it decides that it's art, even if the person who made it is like, no, it's bullshit and gross and no one is supposed to look at this. It's awful. And like, no, it makes me feel something or it makes me feel angry or I'm viewing it and I like it and I want it to be there forever. Or I think that's amazing. It's that interaction of like somebody making it and then somebody consuming it or like wanting it or reacting to it. We can't ask you to do multiple things at the same time. Hi, Alvin. Hi. Sorry, I'm late. That's okay. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'll tell you the question after I, we I've, 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 I've already met. Uh, Everyone? No, <laughs> I'm introducing myself. Uh, I'm Avner Eisenberg, and I'm on Peaks Island in Maine. And uh, I met Pam online. <laughs> 
And he's a clown oh, no. teacher. Yeah. How many people are here? This is, I, I'm on my phone, actually. I, I, I it looks like home. 18, but wow. some people Hi, don't everybody. have their screen showing. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Right. So the question we're all talking about is what does it mean to be an artist? If you'd like to go or anyone can go next. So I, I have a question for everybody. So talking about the interaction with art or with just a, a thing of paint on the ground, do you think art is deliberate or can it be not deliberate? I don't think it needs to be deliberate. I think like uh, coming off of the themes that we were just talking about, the audience, audience has authorship in a lot of ways and that especially, I mean, like clown is a great example of everything we're, ma we're making is, is there's multiple hands in the pot. I think it honestly just matters from anybody's uh, viewpoint on whatever is being shown that makes sense. Um, and like how you said with the, the paint spilling on the sidewalk or something like that, it's just, to me, if, if anybody were to just look at it and get a reaction from it, to me, I think like there's some bit of admiration there to notice it, to have their thoughts about it, how they feel about it. Um, but What's also kind of cool is that it kind of, like, if you present something on a stage, you get a, what, like an audience of like 100 people having 100 different things, you know, it's like the, the pictures is like one picture can have like a thousand words or, you know, but um, uh, I'd say it wouldn't have to go either direction with being deliberate or not, but uh, I think it's just, you got to find the, the beauty of it, of whatever it is that you look at. I think that's a fun question because like if you go so far as to like let's say if you said like if art did have to be intentional then it I think that kind of says that there's a purpose to art like you have to mean to make art like you have to do it on purpose if it's intentional and I don't think art has to have a purpose I think things can just exist art can just exist um with no purpose or intention it's still art anybody have any more thoughts of what does it mean to be an artist are you good okay what is your oh honor I yay did. I uh I did a year in uh, theater design school uh, back in college. And I came out of the year feeling like I knew a lot about art, but I didn't know what I liked anymore. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that hit us all. We're all <laughs> Okay. What? Is your relationship to success? The word success. It's a tough one. It's threatening. You gotta be successful, guys. Oh. Oh gosh, I feel like in the same vein that I never chose to be an artist. It always just kind of like was a given. Um, like success was always like a, a given that I forsaken that idea. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, not to say that I don't feel it or have it. Just like it's not, I don't feel like I have it the same relationship with it um, as a as a lifelong artiste, if you will, that that <laughs> that uh maybe a modern millennial entrepreneur does. <laughs> a millennial yeah, think, entrepreneur. Ugh. Yeah, I, I I somewhat yeah, it's interesting success because it used to you're right like people think like you have to have like lots of money and you have to have proof like this materialistic proof um and for me I had to realize it was the small things like the one of the things I got a couple years ago was celebrate the small successes like the like wins the win like this like okay I completed a project you could you did it you 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 started you made it you finished it and you don't know, and then now it's out in the world. Once you put it out in the world, that is a success, a success you know, because how many people have projects mm. sitting on their floor that won't be shown, you know? Um, yeah, it's like the small little steps of, oh, you know, moving to LA, like people don't realize, like that's a, that's a huge move. Uh, like, you know, a lot of people live in the middle of the country and they always see New York, LA, but moving, um, also I think for us as artists too, like to be like, you know what, I'm going to do, you know, go against society and be like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do art. Cause you know, the, we could all sit, be sitting here in nine to five job, waiting to retire, putting off all this shit. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. But I think I it's, like you have to start with the small, I woke up today. That's yeah. me. Assess. <laughs> I like the little successes. The little I have a book. I have a few, this is my old one, but I have a planner and I put to-do lists and I check them off because yeah. the whole point of doing it is to check it off for me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Karen, you were going to say something? I was. Yeah. I feel like I've done nothing throughout the pandemic, but like think about this question. Um, Cause uh as far as like my cello career, I was very fortunate to have some really good success, like way too young, like 23, 24. Um, and then nothing I've done since then has been as good um, uh, financially or commercially, I guess. So there's like a lot of, um, I guess, like the idea of success is like, what, what's it good for? Because it can be gone also. Um, which has been really lovely and freeing and coming to clown and being like, oh, I can just totally uh, fail here. Like uh, I collaborated with Chad like very, very early on. Shout out to Chad. I know that's what he's been waiting for. Um, <laughs> but I remember him being like, uh, you know that you're like allowed to have fun up here. And I was like, what? I don't have to be a cello player all the time. Um, but it is just like that I idea of like, um, where do you go after you've had success? And I think um, that's something that I, I still I still look at and, and what defines it because um, LA defined it for me, but now finding it on my own is a different thing. That's a great thing about success is you can define it to be whatever is meaningful to you and you don't have to go with like established definitions of lots of money or you know everyone knows your name on a, or you can see your photo on a on a poster on the bus stop or something and without those failures you know you don't without failures there's no growth so 
and, and that helps drive you know, the creative process as well. I know for me, uh, social media has destroyed me and I feel like uh, if you if like if you don't get if you don't have a lot of followers on social media you're not successful which is me I'm not successful um, by too. that definition and it's just like it's so it's like like I know that's not right like I know it's like doesn't matter but then it's like oh well there's nothing else which is I mean I feel like in the pandemic that's like all I've had is just like TikTok and Instagram. So it's like all I like just like think about and it's um I know it's like sick um um and that's a trap that I'm trying to like get myself out of. Me too. Oh my god. I was telling myself, "M, stop going on Instagram." Oh wait, you have to remind people about the round table. Oh no, M, you're at work. Stop looking at Instagram. You need to be productive to feel good about yourself. Ah, oh, but I have to message people back. Ah. That's why I make you text me in real life. That's right, buddy. <laughs> With that, what comes up for me in that is like what it in the modern day and age, like as artists, this need to like to have to do everything like there's no more like you have a manager that just does all that stuff for you <laughs> like, like I feel like to have success we have to fill everything we have to be the writer the director the producer the like every single possible thing um and I guess I'm curious what your guys's experience has been with coming to terms with that or like it crumbles my mental health <laughs> it's just like the worst thing ever trying to do everything yeah I can't even plug myself properly on here I take like two seconds. I was on the TV show Glee. That's what I did. Their chat. That's I said right. it. Thank what? You, you were on Glee? Really? Yeah, she was a cello player. No. As the cello player for like four seasons. So. Yeah. Oh my! I have to rewatch Glee. Thank you. I have to look for you now. <laughs> Crap. Uh, as the as the uh, second oldest person on the Zoom. No offense, Abner. Um, I would say that like your relationship with success changes so dramatically as you move on and move on. Like right now, like I'm, I'm still working on my relationship with failure, you know, um, because, you know, like, especially when you start doing uh, the clown work, who was interested in hearing about clown? Was that you, Sarah? That was you. Um, you know, like, it's like this thing Another where person. you sort of kind of, you resettle on failure being just like you do something and you don't get the intended result, right? Like that's what failure is. But what if the unintended result leads to more joy, more happiness? And so then success is you do something and you get exactly what you wanted. But what if that leads to being miserable or feeling hollow or like, I think there's a certain arrogance, you know, that you realize uh, as you go on that we even know what we want. All we can kind of do is sort of make these choices and then assess how they make us feel and maybe make some choices that scare us or, or feel contrary to what the you know conversation is about success and, and be open to the possibility that maybe what we thought we were supposed to be or how we were supposed to be, uh, we're completely wrong. Um, so yeah, it's just like such a, it's so hard not to talk about it on the terms of what we've been told is success. And like, and the first part I think is deconstructing that 
and like moving on from that, you know. I think uh, uh, social media and doing everything yourself uh, can be really discouraging at times, but also I find it really inspiring. Um, like, Like if you look at like Hollywood, for instance, you know, and the music industry, uh, uh, it's kind of always worked in this way where there's a lot of people that are successful right now that have had to show people how to use them or show people what they're capable of. And they've had to bust the door open and pave their own path, you know, and like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of comedy people I can think of like Tim Robinson or the lonely Island, or even like a Seth Rogen who they've gotten to be as successful as they are because they have created the content that they want to make. And they're like, look, this is, you know, like you, you may have never thought about uh, putting me in this role. So I'm going to show you, you may, may have never thought that, you know what I mean? Like uh, they're making things that they think are funny and they're hoping that other people out there will think are funny. And you, you can draw the same comparison to people in, in every, you know, I think uh, creative field. Um, but I think that can be really inspiring sometimes when you see what some people have made of their of their talents, you know, who have gotten to the top, who are very un- unconventional, you know, so like all of us. Ah, <laughs> uh, jokes. I, I agree. I feel like, um, you know, I'm a YouTuber and there's just something fun about uh, having your vision and executing it. And I always, you know, originally, yes, I was trained as an actor, but there's something nice about being able to expand, also having the resources now. Um, Okay, my equipment isn't like Hollywood style, but, you know, we now have access to programs and it's more affordable um, to do it. And then also I I loved um, where you were talking about uh, defining a Chad, is it right? Cause I see top clown, right? Okay, I was making sure I have the right name. I was like, okay, I loved your thing about success. Cause for me, how I discovered it too, just to go off that, I used to record my happiness hours. So every day I'd be like, what's making me happy? And I did the same, I realized, oh shit, it's my job is pissing me off. Yeah, I'm making a lot of money, but what's making me happy is doing my art. And like, that was, uh, for me, the discovery of success to uh, recording happiness hours, but to go off of what Adam says, yeah, I agree. I think we are in an amazing time where I think the common person has a little bit more control. And honestly, I feel with this pandemic, we've been fortunate enough. We now there the there's so much need of content because the everyday person now has watched so much TV. I think a lot of streaming services are like, oh, snap, we need content. And if you, this is giving us more opportunity. Uh, so that's just, yeah, my thoughts. I think you have to re- try to reframe and I have to constantly do it for myself. You know, sometimes you'll post something and it won't get a lot of views or, you know, it won't get a lot of feedback. It won't do as well as you thought it was going to do. And, and I'm not super successful on social media, uh, at least not right now, but Sometimes you have to remember, um, you know, like when you post something, it's not a failure just because it doesn't get a lot of likes, you know, like if you're doing something that you would be doing anyway, uh, you know, because it's fun uh, and and you come at it 
uh, with that, you know, with that love and that passion, I think eventually it'll break through. And eventually I I think people will feel the same way about it. You know, you got to think that, uh, the things that you think are funny, the things that you think are cool, uh, like your tastes probably align with, you know, there's so many people on this planet. There's a pretty good chance that the things you like, uh, uh, thousands of other people also like, and so it's just about finding those people and about continuing to make your art, uh, until, you know, that one person or whoever finds it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's hard, you know, it's hard not to get discouraged sometimes, but, um, you know, we're supposed to be having fun doing these things. You know, we, we all chose these lines of work because it's like fun. We want to, we want to make our living and live our lives creating and having fun all the time. So. Speaking to that reframing, Adam, uh, I think I remembered it was, I forget what post it was, but it was specifically about crafting. And I remember there is a disconnect between likes on the internet versus like somebody telling you something in person, like, oh, if you post this photo of like some socks that I made um, and 35 people liked it, well, they're like, that's not very much. That's not 24,000 likes damn but if somebody walked into like a store where I had the socks there and they all told me that they liked my socks I would be like oh my god you like them to my face that's amazing thank you I'm so proud that's awesome I really appreciate that um (laughs) yeah I don't like stuff unless I actually like it so I know uh that's not everybody but that kind of reframing is very helpful and uh, necessary because we haven't been doing internet for very long. If we think about it, it hasn't been very long. Like We've 10 been doing years? internet for nah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, at least in this way. Well, maybe more like 15. I remember being on YouTube in like 20, 2006, but I know it was. I think yeah, 15 years. That's some of the oldest viral stuff I can remember, like Charlie the Unicorn or like the dancing baby or like banana phone. That's a lot of old stuff. Um, but yeah, I remember like a lot of viral things and it's not the same. Like we don't, our, I don't think our brains are good at understanding how big a number is and like also how big smaller numbers are. Like 35 people, that's a lot. Or like 200 people, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of eyeballs on your stuff. Speaking of eyeballs, when I used to, you know, do the surgery on the kids um, and like a kid would die on the table, like everyone would be like, you failed at the surgery. And, you know, I, I think I had to like, wait, when you do the surgery, are you wearing that sweater? Bite me. (laughs) You know what? Um, This was um, a gift from actually one of my patients. Um, Mm. But I, you know, I follow your child, one of your child patients gave you a bite me sweater. Is that what you're claiming, Nick? (laughs) Yeah. Well, they were, you know, teenagers. So getting, you know, to that time, but, um, you know, and when a kid would like die, you know, they'd be like, oh, you killed my child. You let my child die. And I'd be like, no, I showed up for your child and I have their eyes in my hand. And that to me at the end of the day, Do they so, still work? The eyes? Do the eyes work? Like, are can you? Oh yeah, you could put them in cats, dogs, um, you know, owls. Like sliders. But you have to actually put it in something. You can't just carry it around and just like. Um, no, you could. Sometimes, you know, be like, I see. If someone you. threatens you. You go, I see you. 
Clowns exactly. like exactly. Yeah, and that juice with the eye. Oh, but yeah. The eye fingers. So wait, you only have one pair. How many pairs do you have? Yes. It depends on the kid. You know, sometimes they come in with one. You know, um, so it just. And you know, the kid has to die too, you know, before I can take it. Otherwise the parents are like, where's my kid's eyes? My yeah. God. <laughs> and take Next control, question. Please. Do you do organ harvesting? Next, Next question, Sarah. Next question. Okay. What do you do when you have self-doubt? Like that day you have a lot of self-doubt. What do you do? You take a bath. Do you write mean comments on the internet? What do you do? <laughs> I cry. That's healthy. Yeah. yeah. Every bloody day, honest to God, you know, and part of it is like, I'm on my little rower and they've got these little positive messages, which I think are kind of bullshit, but they make me feel better. <laughs> and, and then for filmmaking, I have a buddy who's a mentor. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to solve this problem. And he talks me off the ledge and he helps me understand I've achieved a lot more than so many other people who try to make a film already and helps me figure out how to, this problem's face and how to move forward and so yeah so calling a friend yeah asking for help with uh, asking other people for help to give you perspective mm -hmm. yeah yeah i got my good group of friends that's my main that's my main go-to, is that I got a little small group of very good friends who always know how to say the right thing. They cheer me up. I also have like my set of television shows. That's where I go to. I just, I'll go wallow in that for a while and oh, that makes me happy. Okay, now I'm good. <laughs> go back to life. I thought about making a jar and putting like good qualities of mine in the jar for when I have those days, I'm like, okay, what is something good about me? Oh no, maybe it will work, we'll see. Cause those days happen quite often. Don't put it next to the swear jar. Okay. <laughs> What's my good quality? Like F, oh, damn. Dang it. <laughs> Do you guys um, know that whole thing like uh, excitement or like anxiety is the same th same feeling as excitement just without breath. I feel like that applies for me also to self-doubt. It's just like, I, I find a way to like make, I'm like, oh, like in the same way that if I'm anxious, I'm like, this is just excitement, just breathe. I'm like, when I'm doubtful, I'm like, this humiliation is just joy, just breathe. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> just breathe through the feelings, but because really it's just like adrenaline. It's like not that comp I think emotions are we kind of make them more complicated than they sometimes are. And it, it, if it is just like this chemical reaction, we do have, I think, a little bit of a circuit breaker choice of which circuit we're going to go to. So I just try to like choose to, to be motivated by that self-doubt, embarrassment feeling in, in the moment. Well, I think that's the secret. The secret is when you get those feelings, you have to work through them. You can't like, if you, if you hide them inside yourself, they'll just build up so when you get those feelings again, they'll come out more. So what you have to do is you really have to ex embrace those feelings and work through them. So 
you know, when you say, you know, when you get that thing, I'm the most worthless person. Okay, I'm not the most worthless person, you know. Once you once you know that in your head, it's much easier to get through than wallowing in the I'm the most worthless person and you know. Yeah, and that can take practice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Routine take a lot of practice too. Routines are very helpful for me with that. Like having a I have a set morning routine that just like never ever changes. And then also when the routine is done, like costuming myself for the day, like I don't really sit around the house in pajamas often. I have to be really far gone uh, in depression to do that. But um, so naturally it's been happening a lot the last two years, but in general, just like putting on an outfit to, to meet the day or to meet whatever it is uh, that's making me feel off and, and choosing how I want to be seen by others and myself. Okay. What advice would you give your pre-COVID self? Make social media videos. <laughs> Get on social media. <laughs> yeah. Get as much content as you can. Invest in Zoom. And GameStop. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> who else who haven't we heard from andrew versiaga uh, question was like your oh, tips before pre-covid um i would say it's definitely the time to be able to uh stop procrastinating work on that part but uh to just do a bunch of projects that can be just trial and error. See what works for you. You know, try everything. Yeah, that's it. Okay, Christopher Pedraza, what do you think? Oh man, um, sorry. <laughs> well, no, I would definitely tell myself to learn some healthier habits because it's really easy when I'm stuck alone by myself, especially the past two years to uh, spiral downward into all those negative habits that I already have. Um, and I think as a creative, I would tell myself to um, just go for it. You know, I kind of, I lucked out with the pandemic helping me kind of, I mean, at some point I did dive into just being a creative and it's kind of my full-time job, but I kind of wish I'd started sooner, you know? I was very afraid. I was very like, this isn't me, you know? So I would say just go for it because it's the hardest part. And a pandemic already just makes it doubly hard. Yeah. I think one important thing for myself would be to um, give myself permission to find those empty spaces uh, because I, I personally, I just like been so busy, like every other week pre-COVID, I'd go out see shows or hang with friends or go on a date or whatever the case is. So freaking busy, volunteer work, et cetera. And, uh, and it wasn't until COVID struck uh, that I found the time to reflect and take some moments out to not be busy being stimulated by external sources and, and, and do a little of that sort of internal, internal uh, spending time with myself, honestly. And that's, and that's where like for my movie project, that's where I found, was able to find the inspiration for the villain story, for example. Mm -hmm. 
I uh, feel the same way about giving myself more attention versus my schedule having all my attention by going to too many clown classes and driving to LA too often for acting classes because it's like a 40 minute drive so after work drive drive 40 minutes go to a three hour two hour one hour clown class drive home 40 minutes you know so when COVID happened I decided oh I well I first thought hmm I wish someone would hire me to make their a podcast I wish someone would hire me to write write stories so I decided okay I'm gonna hire myself and make a podcast and I'll get up get my planner out and make a list of questions I'd want to do and and like what I would say and so that was 625 2020 so now we're here look at that we have a podcast we made something that we wanted to make make hire yourself for your jobs you know the job you want who else nick polk besides the eye doctor anything but eye doctor um i will say that i was like on the verge of a breakdown right before covid and like okay covid is terrible everyone that died from it terrible but I am so thankful it happened uh, because it really like, I was doing like a lot of like little shows and I was just like doing it just to do it. And I, I was just like exhausting myself. And I, I like once everything shut down for a long time, I was like, oh my, I was like really just like not taking care of myself. Um, so yeah, that would be, I don't know if that's a, I don't think I would have like followed that advice like before, like Nick, slow down. I would have not trusted, like I would have not trusted anyone who would have said slow down. I never um, followed that advice. Yeah. But Ever. now I'm like, oh, okay, not bad. Okay, I kind of like it. Yeah. I feel like a breakdown or a wall has to be hit for someone to really, like for me to absorb people telling me, uh, M, don't sign up for too many things. You're going to get exhausted. No, it's fine. Boom. Yeah. I'm so exhausted. I can't think anymore. I'm so sad. <laughs> I relate so hard to that. Yes. Yeah. Because I was feeling sort of similarly where I was like, me, I, but I was starting to think like, man, I should take a break from lighting. I don't even know if I like doing it anymore. Um, and then I got my break with COVID. I like took a break and I was like, alrighty, I'm really thankful that I get to take a break, but it's like a terrible reason to versus like, maybe I should just learn how to say no or like, not right now or like the next one thank you or like I appreciate you thinking about me but no um or like I think yeah I'd say I'd go back in time and I'd say like hey Sarah learn how to say no just say no it's fine <laughs> practice just say no no and I don't know maybe like I tell myself to enjoy things more. Like if I had known it was going to be the last 
one I do for a while or like the last show I go for a while or the last dance I dance or the last karaoke or the last, I don't know, I would have just said, hey, the time is now, enjoy it. Even if it's not what you thought it was going to be, even if you don't feel successful, like this moment only comes the one time. So like try to enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Like that's the purpose of like doing anything. It's like try to enjoy it. Marilyn Minio, do you have any thoughts for us for advice you'd give yourself pre-COVID? I mean, I don't know. What's the what's the next question? The next question is uh-huh. how do you deal with haters? <laughs> I don't have haters. Really? You lie. Uh, well, I don't I don't know. How do I deal with haters? That's actually a really good question, but oh, um there's certain haters that affect me and certain haters that don't. Um, you know, it took me a while to really, you know, feel uh, good in my skin, feel unique, understand that what I put out is my own energy and some people are going to vibe with it and some people won't. Um, that's kind of how I do it. That's smart. It's very grown up. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... <laughs> I just cut them out. I mean, especially, I, I think I had a group of friends when I moved out here about six years ago. And, you know, uh, there was someone who used to tell me about um, a, ment- a, a mentor of mine who would talk about, you know, you have haters and you have friend haters. You know, you have like the friend Enemies. who, yeah, well, the friend who's like, you know, you get a big, big opportunity and they're like, uh, oh, that's a big deal. Are you sure you can handle it? Or like, oh, well, you don't want to mess it up. You know, like they're your friend, but like also they're kind of tearing you down. And I think I had a lot of those in my life because there's people who just, you know, uh, get jealous or insecure or projecting their own, you know, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I just had to kind of cut a lot of those people out. You know, it's like uh, you don't want anyone in your life who's not going to be a a cheerleader and obviously you for them. But, uh, you know, you want people in your life that respect you especially if you respect them back and uh i just you know you don't want that you don't want that energy so um i don't you know it's not about i mean depending on what they've said to you maybe you have to confront them and say something back but i think you just i mean for me i just had to kind of like cut them out of my certainly out of my circle Um, that sounds healthy (laughs) i like that i actually grew up around a lot of haters i don't know why they were attracted to me or like, why were they even talking to me if they wanted to just insult me all the time or tear me down for stuff I was doing? This was elementary school. What is with people? Kids are mean. So mean. Kids are mean. So mean. You know, I'm with Adam. I, I think it kind of goes to my last, uh, goes to the last question that I think, you know, uh, I've been, you know, I do a lot of stuff with theater companies there's a lot of haters in the theater companies and I kept putting my energy towards because I wanted to do stuff and um, you know I just kind of let these haters in my life this negative energy in my life and COVID kind of made me just cut all that out and it made me also realize I don't need to go back to that look I've got much better things have come into my life because of that by cutting that out I've taken all of that space right that energy and put it away so other energy and people can come in and it's been it's been great so yeah i'm with adam cut them out 
Get them uh, away. I, I'd like Julia to address her uh, direct message uh, response to this. Uh, Julia, you hit on your haters? Is that what you? you okay, doing? that was hit on them. Yeah, Con context. No one said anything, and it made Julia feel weird. I bet no one laughed. <laughs> I think if well, Mar it was at the at the time Marilyn was up on the stage and I was just picturing Beefy and I just think that Beefy could handle it really well with a little bit of that hot sauce. That's Marilyn Minio's character. <laughs> Beefy Smalls. Right. See, look at that face. Come on. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, I do think though what, what I was thinking about is like I think oftentimes it's it, it's a lack of just like interpersonal skills and someone not having the ability to be direct and like actually say what they mean and and it, and I think like checking the facts for oneself and like if they are actually saying like hateful things or maybe they're just like bad at communicating and they don't know how to say they're worried about you or whatever it is or like mm. maybe they really want to say like can I buy you a drink I don't know you know I just I like to I think give people the benefit of the doubt and assume they need help yeah so with my project being an LGBTQ story about drag queens, you know, uh, I found that advertising on Facebook hasn't been great because I don't get that many new, new likes or whatever. And I get a lot of people posting hateful things, like really awful. Uh, and yeah. a, a few times, so I'll just like, I learned to just like delete them. But some of the things they say just kind of stick with me, honestly, it's just been challenging. What's 100%. also been challenging though, yeah. What's been challenging more among like real friends of mine, real friends of mine. Uh, so I, I have great friends, honestly. And so I don't, I don't do the hater type. So low drama people are, those are the ones who become friends. Uh, but I'll say that um, what's been somewhat uh, sad, uh, what's been somewhat challenging to deal with has been the lack of enthusiasm, which is almost like passive hating you know like I kind of wish my, some of my friends would be a little bit more like friends who love drag for example I'm like how come they're not like super like holy cow I think this is awesome also as opposed to just like meh like you bastards this is a brilliant fun and hilarious project so how do you handle that <laughs> speaking of like gay hate like since I invented being gay and I was the first one to do it you know the you know, a lot of people like the, you know, like the Roman Catholic Church was like against us, like the United States government was like no marriage for gays. And I'm just like, you know what, like if we can like the gays, um, queer people can like overcome the Roman Catholic Church and the United States government, like why should some schmuck in like Tennessee whose username is like 693X5 like have any like power over me. So I feel like, and I haven't experienced this, but if my theory is that if someone were to make like a, a homophobic comment or like hate my work because I'm gay, I'd be like, well, I don't like, that's not valid. I think what would be more hurtful if someone was like, oh, I watched it and I didn't think it was funny. That would like suck ass. Like if it was like a valid criticism, that would like, that would suck ass. But if someone's like, hey, you're a, you know fat home you know oh, um, no. like I'd be like okay whatever like you and the pope like go go to Italy you know but also too you know sometimes I think you just have to like understand where they're coming from and 
you know, like sometimes you just gotta like look him, you know, in the eye and be like, look, I did the best I could for your child. I understand they're dead now, but oh my god, not I saw again. this coming. <laughs> you just have to remember, like, you know, their child is dead because of you. Well, you're not gonna say that, but um, this you know, you just understand sometimes it's you know, it's valid. I think also with respect to this question is like the important thing is to set boundaries for other people and for yourself like um let's say Nicholas with the per, with the parents whose children have died on your table let's say you have like a boundary for when they're crying like maybe you leave them in the waiting room for a bit after you apologize and like gently step away and then there's other ones where they're going nuts and having a mental breakdown you have to call an ambulance and that's your boundary um or the oh police God. that's your boundary and same Jesus. thing with um anthony <laughs> I'm 90% sure with Maxi Luau. Uh, that's like if you're doom scrolling or just like regular scrolling and it turns into doom scrolling through these negative comments, like maybe it would be, I, I know that I'm not especially good with dealing with haters either because I'm like, I can barely handle like haters in my personal life, but it's like a process to practice setting boundaries with them like my biggest hater is also one of my like people who love me the most it's my mother Same. Um, I know right 100% she's heckled uh, a few people in this in this oh my god yes Dal yeah oh my god so yeah like you they love you so much but they're just like the biggest hater because they either they don't realize how much weight their words have or like how much it actually affects you or they're just like yeah they're just trying to show you that you care so that there's a practice of yeah I'm not gonna doom scroll or I'm gonna have someone else look at my comments and delete them for me mm. um or like I'm only inviting my mother to this night because this is the night that I can handle it and then the rest of the run of the show I cannot I can't do it so or I'm just not going to tell them about this show or they're not invited because I'm saying a lot of bad words or I'm going to have a nude scene they're not invited Whoa. Uh, something like that or yeah just the, like it, it's important for us to set boundaries for other people and for ourselves to the best of our ability <sighs> wow. that's just self-care man nude scenes self-care for artists that's just an example <laughs> it's a great example Sarah <laughs> I think we Some should. People here have done nude scenes. We yeah. should. Or throw, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. We should throw this question to Chad um, yeah. because he's the biggest hater. He Indeed. constantly just brags on just just everyone. Um, so we have an like a real hater in the room. That's a that's self love. But you, you would know if you had it. That's self like <laughs> to shower yourself with praise is not hating on you, which it's. Um, for a surgeon to have that low self-esteem makes me worry that you shouldn't have a medical license, to be honest with you. I, d I did lose it right before the <laughs> Okay, well, you should stop performing surgery then. Um, I, so. I have, I have. Lately, I can't, so. <laughs> That's hey, uh, right there. See, there girl? It's on the, record. I will say this, though, about, like, I, I'm very fortunate I don't deal with a bunch of uh, just like rando haters, but like, I do really? love like, like, I feel like when you're perfor a performer, 
like you, one, you have to suss out like a critic and a hater because sometimes people who are giving you negative energy is because you deserve it. <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's because you're challenging something that has nothing to do with you. And sometimes it's gel, it could be a million different things. I mean, for me in the, on the clown end, like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or anything, but like, if it's just a, re a like, uh, if, if I get a reaction of like, no, I don't, I, this is like, I don't like this, but it's playful and fun. I mean, that's like as good as love. That's as good. Like if you can get someone to feel deeply for you, then you have them, you know, like you, ha like you have their attention. Even uh, if it's negative. Oh, even more. So I, I would say like, sometimes if you, there, there are like times you can go out and do something so banal as a clown that the audience is like, stop it. And like what they, what they don't realize in that moment is they are feeling deeply for you. It's not positive, but like now they have the capacity to feel that deeply for you. And so if you can turn it around, they can feel that deeply the other way. Like you don't have to get through as many uh, barriers. Uh, so it's, it's, it's delicate game. And I certainly don't think you should like provoke people or, or attack people, but like, if it's all in fun and play, then, you know, I don't know, like just when, you know, when someone is hating on you, like in that regard, I'm not talking about on social media or because there's a whole other mess of things, but if like, as a performer, if you are receiving a negative reaction, I mean, that line between that reaction turning into like them being on your side is, is much, it's much close, they're very close to each other. Um, and Karen performed me a million times. Like, there's like the mo usually the best laugh comes after maybe the greatest disappointment in the show, you know. And that's know, when I would that's that's when I would step in usually yeah. and secure right. the well, laugh. Well, I wasn't. Of course, yeah. that was what would often happen. Yeah, what I, that I was, was profound, Chad. That was profound. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else before we move on to the last question? I guess one thing that makes me think about with like clowning performance is I feel, yeah, if, if there's all, this is like a different version of hating, but I think it's it's in the vein of what Chad is speaking to of like, I don't know if everyone, if it's only positive, I don't trust the audience and don't feel like we have a mutual relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's not, that's like a far worse feeling than dealing with like people being honest about how they're what they're going through if they hate it mm -hmm. it's interesting too I want to piggyback on that like the different capacities for it because if it happens online it's like my blood just like boils immediately and I'm like what uh <laughs> you know like because I'm in my own bubble at that point in time if I'm finding it on my own in like you know the personal space of my phone or whatever uh but if it happens on stage I'm like okay, well, I can navigate this and I can show how I feel and it's okay. It's not just like this anonymous battle, you know, that's happening remotely. Okay, last question. What is your experience with your art? Well, what is your favorite experience with your art? I'm gonna say with my clowning, right? So okay. even though I love performing, my favorite experience was in level two clown class at the clown school, I um, I had this great, it's like, you know, the journey of being, you know, to get to the clown, to your inner clown is one that like, for me, is suddenly like, oh, I get it, right? And then after that, I was doing 
the clown exercises I was doing was just, I don't know what was going on. I wish this was on film, but it was just, I did this amazing thing. Somebody had this pair of pants, right? And the pair of pants was, was like a double pair of pants where, so it's like red, but you can, you can unzip them and then you get a second pair that comes around and now they're blue, turn them kind of inside out. So somehow I got put into this routine that I didn't know. And my clown got, didn't know what the routine was and having to do with these pants and I fell over and it was, it's, and it was the most hysterical thing. You know, I kind of ended up, we kind of ended up a big tangled mess and I kept trying to drag to go away but being dragged back and it's hard to explain, but of course you'd have to be there and it's never on film. It's never going to happen ever again. But it was like, once I went after that, I was like, this is it. I've, I've really achieved what I wanted to achieve. I got it. You know, it was so fun. Yeah. Well, for, I guess for myself, um, I've actually never done any clown classes before any uh, thing like that. But um, working on sets and stuff, it's just, I guess my favorite experience would be like, Every job I'm able to get onto and meet all sorts of new different people knowing the exact same like knowing the job that they're supposed to do but just being surrounded by those people who understand every part of it but it's like a new person every time and that means that you just get more knowledge from them with the things that you want to do um, you they can tell you about their mistakes especially people who are like veterans who've been doing this stuff for 10, 20, 30 years and things like that. They'll tell you their mistakes that they've made in the past and what they wish they, they did differently. And then they'll tell you that in sense, I guess, depending on, you know, how new you're into or how far along you are into uh, whatever your path may be. Um, you get so much out of it. You truly get so much perspective on it. And to me, that's, that's always been my favorite part is you'll, you'll never know who you'll come across at all. Like, and they have some of the most craziest stories that you would have never expected. Some of the craziest things you can learn from them. And it just helps improve all around. So it's just really, like, you really just want to surround yourself around those people as much as possible. Mm -hmm. That's what I do with all my friends as well. I gather all the people that seem like they're successful or have a special skill. And I'm like, hey, let's do juggling together. Or let's, uh, <laughs> can I interview you for my podcast? <laughs> stealing advice uh well for me i've had a lot of favorite experiences with art probably the one that sticks in my mind the most is uh i i directed a music video and i got into this this little small film festival that was in downtown la somewhere and um it was only like a two minute music video but i feel like pretty much all my friends came out come support me and come watch it. I think, I think Kat was there, I think, and Christopher might've been there, but, um, you know, it just was like something I was really proud of. And, uh, it was a music video I shot totally for free and it's still maybe my favorite thing I've ever done. Um, just like as a passion project for friends and I got to have full creative autonomy and, uh, uh I'm still really proud of it. This was like four or five years ago. Well, yeah, something like that. But anyway, uh, yeah, my heart was just really full, you know, it was just great to like, 
share my art. I, I think sharing, obviously, I think, I think sharing your art is like, you know, the ultimate way to express your art, you know, creating art by yourself is, is cool and important, but I also think sharing your art with people and inspiring them or making people laugh or whatever, you know, making people think is, is like the ultimate, for me, the ultimate return on, you know, uh, investment. <laughs> so, but anyway, that, that was a really neat uh, experience for me. It wasn't even like a big festival or like, you know, it just was, um, it just was, it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, for me, my favorite aspect, um, I always like to say is the, the initial idea or the character that I come up with that first idea that comes to your head. Um, I think it's because I don't know about you guys, but it's like the most exciting, my imagination goes in all different directions and I just love sitting in it. Um, and there's something beautiful because you're not thinking about the how, the what, uh, like, how can I do this? Or what, what's it going to turn out? Um, so that initial idea, and it is fun to play around with to see at the end, you know, how it turns out. But I think that first, that first idea, it's like just sitting in it. That's always my favorite aspect. Um, sometimes I, you know, execute them. And sometimes they were just fun for that moment. Um, you know, like, for example, if Nick gives me the child eyeballs, I will have so much fun, but I think that will just be an experience. Yeah. <laughs> or else. All right, who's next? Um, uh, I will say that my favorite aspect of clowning is that you get to, like, just be so free and you, you don't have to, like, follow, like, the rules. Um, as much as like other people do. And you're really just like, like people are so scared of looking like stupid and like a failure. Um, but I, I think it's just so freeing. Like before clown classes, like I would have never told anyone I lost my license um, from surgery. But <laughs> now I've learned like, that's what makes me me. Like that's part of my story. That's part of my personality. And the extra money I got from the embezzling, like that is, <laughs> Like that is everything that I. Um, oh, so that's why I got a really pretty box of the, with the eyeballs. Committed. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, oh no, no, no! I'm kidding. Uh, this is recorded, right? Uh, so no. Um, embezzling. Uh, no embezzling. Um, but like with clown, yeah. like you really get to just like have fun and like you know just like share those parts of yourself. Wow. <laughs> I um. Yeah, I, I, so recently I did, my part, my clown duo partner slash partner, life partner is, we did like an hour long uh, street clowning, like uh, it was like idioting, street idioting, panhandling at this like art fair in Hollywood. And um, uh, these two folks have asked us now to, to clown at, at this like art show of theirs. Um, in January and we recently like had a meeting with them to discuss what the theme of their show is etc and they kept bringing up things that we did and the hour-long like idiot improv that they th that implied eventually I came to realize that like they thought that we like designed it like they were very like oh when you said when you did this speaking bit about about art 
and said this and like how it like dripped into the sea and I was like totally like bullshitting monologuing riffing I have like obviously like sat with them this was like three months ago and they're like still thinking about it um and that is like my favorite I was like wow they they were like are you gonna design a new piece for our show <laughs> my like, god oh yeah every time don't worry <laughs> yeah. every time be different Oh my god I love that I love like uh yeah I love when people find their own meaning in it and to like circle back to our discussion an hour or some ago about like just like audience as author and when my favorite is when the audience takes that responsibility and like joins you and meets you halfway wow and Alan Mishnoff is your clown partner yeah and the yarn balls is that duo name right yeah, yeah, I'll drop a poster for the show we're doing in January. It's like yeah. a backyard thing. We'll be just idioting around if you guys want to come fuck off and be silly. My God. <laughs> hey, anyone else? Yeah, I think um, I... my favorite aspect of... Oops. I'm so sorry. No, Please. go ahead. For it, no, you go ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, I was just going to say real quick, my favorite aspect of my art is... Um, Maybe on the performing side, I think we're all performers. We definitely all understand that feeling of the minute, the second, the instant right before you're about to perform, just like that anxiety rush or that stomach drop or that like chemical reaction in your brain or whatever it is right before you start is like one of my favorite things. It's like probably the same reason that people love like jumping out of airplanes and skydiving or something. It's one of my favorite things about, um, performing yeah mm. anyone else yeah I just like made I like uh I hit the zone doesn't always happen but when I nail time or something and I have the audience and then kind of like hum around you your ears I don't know like you're floating out of your body you know you got it and you, you got that perks energy you're with the audience, audience is with you. Um, and if someone were to ask you to describe the night, you know, you just, you, you, you nailed it, but you can't describe it. Yeah, I like that. Me too. I, oh, hand raise. Oh, oh, no, go ahead, Karen, please. <laughs> oh, okay, Anthony, you first. <laughs> so I would say uh, for, for I, I've been a software designer for 20 years. And, you know, basically making stuff, designing stuff for other people and other projects. And one thing I've really loved about this Maxilla Wow project is it's my original story. And I get to bring this to life, even though it has a very long gestation period. Uh, but I've been meeting the most amazing creative people, building this incredible team of talent and cast and crew uh, to together make this happen. And the crazy ton of learning along the way and self-discovery also like where did these ideas come from from deep inside <laughs> so this has been really an amazing process and i am so thankful that i decided to, to, to move forward with it yay who else karen uh yeah i think i've become really obsessed with like silence or the the break um when when you rest I'm like on stage I think that's something I've been playing with for a while 
um, especially in collaboration, which is so much harder because you have to have somebody else that's like, oh, we're not, we're, what are we waiting for? But um, living in that space, because as a musician, I mean, you get taught in music school, like the rests are just as important, but they're not because the audience is only listening <laughs> to the music, right? Like, and obviously if you're resting, it's to give someone else the attention, but it's been um, interesting as like a soloist or a clown or, or whatever it is to just sit and be like- And well, breathe. Let's, let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Chad Damiani, looks like you want to say something. Uh, you know, I was, thinking about this is a tough question because it also like also i've been performing for 20 years knocking it out of the park guys so what? You hair flip? <laughs> just more great shows than i can count um hair flip. but uh but i will say still in so the park? Think, yikes sometimes um you know for me though like and this might be a cheaty answer but uh i it's like when you hit those little periods as an artist where like your good habits on stage like kind of match your good habits off stage. Like you're kind of in, they both inform each other. Like that's such a good feeling like where you take that positive energy, like, and you're performing well and, and, and you're applying like the things you learn off stage and on stage, like they, they, like you find this cycle where everything seems to be feeding each other uh, in a healthy way and in a way that you're progressing as opposed to sometimes I think one part of our life is going well and the other part is not like we're, doing well in our private life but our performances aren't great and or we're you know we're killing it on stage but like we're you know eating Carl's Jr. at 2 a.m. in the morning like it just it's just so nice when like it feels like you just find that little momentary balance where everything is sort of um elevating you and uh it's rare so you know and it doesn't last very long but it's just always it just feels like oh this could be could this be what life is like like, like, could, could I exist in this space for long stretches, which it, it's really hard to do. Uh, but, but that is my favorite. Who hasn't spoken in a while? Dal? Eric? Ever. Ever? Uh, uh, no, I spoke for a time. You just introduced yourself. You really haven't contributed. Wow. <sighs> Harsh. Yeah. About haters again, we were saying. That's right. Um, right what was the actual question? Uh, Wait, never knows? mind. It doesn't matter. Oh, um, favorite experience or aspect of your art? No, it matters. Uh, yeah. No, no, I remember. I remember. Um, I think there are times, and this kind of um, uh, is tangential to what Chad was saying. Um, uh, there are times when my artistic endeavors teach me something about myself, um, and that uh, can be through failure and or success. Um, or the both combined. Uh, um, and so I think those are the times that, that are, are that's super fulfilling as a human being, you know, trying to um, uh, feel my way through the dark of life um, is the times where, where I do something in an artistic endeavor um, and it teaches me something about myself. Um, uh, that's a, a, a fulfilling and one of those like, oh, and I think that's, you know, and it, it I've found it most in clowning. Uh, clowning is not the only artistic endeavor I've ever done, but uh, I have found it most frequently um, or consistently, maybe is a better way of saying it, um, in uh, the clowning art because it's so much about 
uh, uh, your uh, clowning is about finding just the clown that is Dal um, um, right here, um, and 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 uh, and and which is my most pure, most young, most uh, innocent, most. Uh, uh, um, that is, you know, uh, and so I think that, that the, the search for that um, inartistic uh, uh, framework um, and uh, teaches me sometimes about myself uh, outside. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be good. It can be also be like, oh, that's something you should definitely work on, Dal. You should try not to be that. Um, so it can be, you know, a, a positive affirmation or it can be a, a constructive uh, negative point. That was a lot of words, and I probably said very, very little. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, my mustache's name is also Dal. Your mustache's name? My mustache's name is Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyone else? Favorite experience besides this one? <laughs> Okay. Um, Who's speaking? Oh, Sarah. Okay, this is Sarah. Um, I like keep thinking about things that I love about art. It's can't pick one, so I guess I'd just say I'd love the process, like beginning to end, um, and like having that. Ex like, it's also funny because like you making the art is different than someone who isn't you enjoying the art so it's like I enjoy my own art from the day I get the idea or something inspires me all the way through like whether I'm sewing something and the machine is just not doing what I want it to so I say fuck it and sew it myself with my hands or like I can't or oh I finally got my computer program to work with the lighting program that's awesome um to like dealing with issues as they come up or like to the final product where the audience is sitting there in front of you or like you're sitting in the back and you're like watching them watching the thing that you made and it's really nerve wracking and crazy um, all the way through to like wow you got name dropped in a review that's nuts actually that's a really good one i that that's a good one i think that might be my favorite experience because i loved that show i did the show about robots and i'd heard like from a couple of people who were being haters sipping on their haterade um that they were like criticizing the way that i lit something and <gasps> i was like i'm so sad I'm so sad and I didn't know who it was for like a long time and then a year later uh, I got mentioned in a critics review and the whole show was nominated for like that for like that something like best like ensemble like best entire show or like best ensemble or like best like overall production in a house of less than 100 and I was like my name is there and they saw me and they saw what I did and they appreciated wow. my artistry. Fuck you guys. It was awesome. I was like, I, I like burst into tears. I was like, see, it was good. 
someone yeah. thought so and they wrote about it i was really proud there we go yeah. that's a good one that's my favorite all the way to like i don't know like there's other things too where one person will say oh you did that or like oh that was you singing oh my god i thought it was the radio you're amazing like all of it's so beautiful in its own way mm -hmm. i have a similar one where um since i'm a singer songwriter um when i am present and I'm singing the words and playing the music and I can actually feel what the words are and not disassociating crazy. I'm like, okay, I am present. I am present with the audience. We're connecting. We're all just here. So that's my favorite experience. And I hope to get it more. The more I get better at clowning and being present and being present in all performance aspects. Um, I think my most uh, favorite experience for me right now uh, in these last couple, uh, this hour I've been with you guys, um, was when Nick sent me the child eyes and I was able to turn it into a puppet. Eye. Oh, so gosh. thank you. I just want to thank, thank Nick for sending that. Uh, Did Nick welcome. send those to Karen too? Because she has those. Mm, yes. Um, yeah. Also, I want to offer, um, now that I'm not licensed, um, I have half off surgeries. Um, so if you know, if you need it, um, and ignore the fact that I have glasses, um, there's nothing that does not reflect my ability, um, my skills as a eye surgeon. Um, but yeah, anyone need a half off, uh, surgery, any retinas attached, detached, switched, I'm your guy, happy to do With it. When did you change your, your name on Zoom? Bottom verse clown. What? When did you change it? Who did what? that? Oh. What? <laughs> I, it's so yeah. important to live your authentic self. Yeah. That's, well, it's yeah. A, it's a personal attack on me. It's a personal attack. Is it? What? Isn't everything, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's all tell each other our... Um, Instagram handles or we where we can find you. Anthony, how about you? Anthony Hand. At Anthony Hand. Okay. And at M Persico, Andrew Bersiaga. Yep, just at Andrew Bersiaga. At Andrew Bersiaga. At Karen Hall. Or are there underscores, Karen? At the long haul? No, it's in for the long haul, but hall is spelled like my last name, H-A-L-L. -L. Do people spell it differently? Hall, like the phrase in for the long haul would be H-A-U-L. It's a pun. Oh, who knew? Joke. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> Everyone. We all knew. Everyone knew, Chad. That's a long running joke. Okay, bottom verse clown. What is yours? At Febreze Farts. Wow. <laughs> I never knew how to pronounce it until now. At Sarah Savedra? Is that yours? No. No. I have two. Oh. I have two now. Um, my no. no. Let me say it, Em. <laughs> so I have two. I have one for my personal self that's at Sarah Cleas the Strong. And my second one is for my sewing and crafting projects. That's at Sarah Cleas the Sewn. All right, Chad Damiani, what is your Instagram? It is the Chad Damiani. Um, 
the Chad Demiani. When did these get added? My God. Oh, it's always been there. It's always been there. Really? I, I should have just done Chad Demiani, but I wanted to also grab the Snapchat, which I've never used. It was a major momentary lapse of judgment. And uh, so now I'm the Chad Demiani. It was totally available. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. At Julia Fay. You're muted. You're muted. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm finding you guys all at it. Actually, it seems like I'm already following everybody. Um, there's mine, Julia Faye. It's in the chat. At Julia Faye, F-A-E. Because I'm going to post this. So um, even plug your makeup one if you want. Oh, sure. What do you mean you're going to post this? Like this recording? Is this going? Yeah, on? the podcast. Oh. Do you not want that? <laughs> What's your makeup one, Julia? M I popped it in the chat if anyone it rhymes. Makeup on purpose. Yeah, baby. Who knew? Okay, Christopher Pedraza. What's yours? Um, well, I have two as well. Uh, my photography page is um Pedraza Photographs the noun and then my personal page is at christopher uh which is annoyingly spelled q-r-i-s-t-a-f-u-r thank you <laughs> all right eric tell us all three yeah so i got i got three of them at this point so my clown one is at breakfast herald all smushed together that's my clown name and then uh my other ones are at Eric Engman writer and at Eric Engman magic. So the writers for the writer and the magics for the magic. E R I K E N G M A N magic. Magic. Right. Or writer. Yeah. Whichever you want. All right, all Dal. Three. It's in the chat, but it's the Dal, D A L. It's how you spell my name of laughter. So the Dal of laughter. All right, it Kat. sounds like a piece of religious writing, the Dow instead of the Dow, the Dow of laughter. Ah. It's a pun. It's a pun on that. That's no way. Who knew? All right, Cat. Um, mine is at cat dot migs. Very simple. Just my first and last name with a dot in the middle. All right, Marilyn Minio. For a second, I thought you were dead. <laughs> Lying. Well, you were lying and it was, it was frozen. I am lying down now. I am lying down now. I have three handles um, at Marilyn Minio's in the chat. Uh, in the boobies, at trying a burger. Like your chin's on your mic. Oh, shit. There you go. Um, there you go. So the trying a burger is the handle, and uh, beefy.smalls is the drag character I do. And what's your main so, one again? Wait, it was muffled. At Marilyn, at Marilyn, at Marilyn Minio. Yes. Okay, Adam. I love yes. the name Beefy Smalls, by the way. Beefy Smalls is awesome. Oh, you look thank you. you. <laughs> uh, at Adam Bustle. And then if you go to my uh, profile, you'll see the Instagram handle for my company, Dynamic, in my bio. I'm trying to remember what it is right now. But you'll see, you'll find it there. Woo woo. 
All right. Well, thank you all for being on the podcast. Like your main interview in this one. What crazy? Thank you very much. Thanks, Sam. Yay. Thank you for having us, Sam. Thank you, Em. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.